Welcome to Under The Rhythm. My name's Ben Malone and on this week's episode of the podcast, I'm talking to three of the most exciting songwriters and vocalists in the game. All three of these artists have had hugely successful solo releases. They've also featured on some of the biggest dance music tracks released in the last few years, but they're also the creative minds responsible for writing so many more tracks. In this episode, we talk about how dance music songs are written, the importance of live touring as an artist, and I ask Karen Harding, Raffaella and Camden Cox what was on their iPod in 2005. So I like to kick off these podcasts with um, a round called uh, Crate Diggers, which is where we get stuck into your musical heritage and your influences and how you guys became the artist that you are. Um, so I've asked you all to pick a couple of tracks uh, that mean something to you. Uh, Camden, should we start with you? Okay, so I'm going to talk about like two of my favourite songs. I've got loads of favourite songs, but I'd say these two really kind of shaped me as an artist. Um, they are I Remember by Dad Mouse. And I just... When I heard this song, I was literally like, oh my God, this is the music that I need to make. It needs to be like this. Like really dancey, but really emotional at the same time. Um, uh, so that was one of them that, you know, stuck with me and is still one of my favourite songs of all time. And then the other one would be With Every Heartbeat by Robin. Um, again, choice. yeah, I think I think there's a common ground in all these songs that I love. They're all very progressive. Um and I take a lot of influence from that sound, like lots of synths and progressive drum beats and like a, an emotional female vocal. Obviously, these songs just spoke to me and, you know, I reference them all the time in my sessions. I reference them. I mean, I loved them when they came out, which was a long time ago, but I still reference them now because they're very much where I sit in my, my artist sound. So, yeah, they, they would be my two choices. Uh, where did you come across Dead Mouse? Obviously, a massively iconic track, but it was mm -hmm. never like daytime radio, was it? No. I think, um, if I remember correctly, I think the first time I heard it was on a music channel. Um, like as in like, yeah, like, but it was probably like MTV Dance or something. Um, and I remember seeing a video for it and... I just fell in love with the song because I used to, that's all I used to watch when I was growing up. I just used to watch music videos um, and I used to have MTV dance on quite a lot. So I think that is where I first heard it. Um, and then I just, I went, I went and bought the single basically on CD. Um, well, I bought his album at the time um, and just, you know, rinsed that song. <laughs> all of you obviously are singer-songwriters by and large in dance music, right? All of you have got, even in your, like, your own productions, there's a definitely like a dance vibe to it. Mm -hmm. was, was dance music always what you, all three of you wanted to do? Or was it ever like, I just want to write, I don't know, acoustic tracks and then I sort of fell into dance or was it always from day one dance music? I sort of fell into dance. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, because I did, um, like, my, I'm a producer as well, and so I produce all of the stuff that I do for myself. Um, and that is very much more, like, James Blake, Bon Iver kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's so good. I love your stuff. Oh, thanks. Um, I love yours. <laughs> so, like, thanks, elements, <laughs> elements of that, like, I think, like, James Blake's new record has got more of a dance element to it, and I feel like there's more of a crossover more and more with everything. Um, and, like, one of the 
sort of like moments um, that I like, I kind of accidentally fell into it. I, I was doing a top line for Dimension, which I guess is more drama based. Yeah. Um, and like, I sort of, I think as musicians, we all love writing and we all love making music. And I guess sometimes it doesn't really matter what form that takes. And it kind of did well. And I was like, that's cool. And I just sort of like found, an, it was like a freedom in another way, because it was like a way to take myself out of it if that makes sense, and just concentrate on, like, another kind of genre in itself, which was, like, kind of really fun and was less serious than, like, the stuff that I was sort of making for myself in a way. And then it sort of, like, merged into two. So, yeah, it was sort of accidental. And I did, like, classical music growing up as well. Um, I was cool. Uh Not. I did, like, classical violin when I was, like, six and then piano when I was seven. So it was, like, a totally different world. Like, there wasn't even music production to take at my school. Um, I just sort of, like, taught myself when I was 16 and just, like, accidentally fell into it. Um, So, yeah, dance was very far away from what, like, I guess my teachers had planned for me. (laughs) But, yeah, (laughs) accidental, but it's been really great, like, really fun. A happy accident. Yeah, I guess so. And so <laughs> obviously Camden on, on one side, Raffaella on, on the other. Karen, where do you sit in the I, dance music? I also accidentally fell into dance music. Um, <laughs> I It was just this massive hole and I didn't miss it, to be honest with you. Uh, so I will, when we did Say Something, uh, my first single, we, um, we recorded it in the studio I did it with Emma and we did it in like it was one of those two hour jobbies where the song was like finished and done and um, there was a point in the session where we actually like we actually turned around and went okay so you're going to record this now and I said oh I thought this was for you and he's like no 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 this is this is like definitely for you and I was like no I'm- the same similar thing happened with me and Uzo as well with Morgan City. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible vocalist. I was like, mate, you just do it. Because with that run in like, in the line when it's like, no, I couldn't do it at the time. And I was like, this is really out of my comfort zone. Can you just sing it? And he's like, no, no, we're going to make this work and we're going to do it. So kind of, yeah. And then from, the, I guess like, I didn't think of it as like a dance tune at the time, but then I guess it kind of, lends itself to a lot of dance music so it did kind of fit into that world and it was one of those like crossover vibes of like it's a pop track but it's still dancey so I kind of yeah I guess it was in that way that I fell into dance music. Mm. Let's kind of jump back into the start before I change the topic completely. Um, (laughs) Raphael, two tracks that meant uh, a lot to you or? Um, I think like one was Bonnie Vare skinny love that was like i think it came out when i was like 18 i think i can't remember really. but it was like it was just amazing it didn't sound like anything i'd ever heard before and there's a way way that he kind of like layers and vocal produces his vocal which is so unique and distinct like he never really has one singular vocal mm. there's always like a number and they're all slightly out, but that's the thing that just creates this incredible sound. And like my grandfather had just like passed away from cancer and it was just like a really, really, really like tough time. And that song was like there for me and sort of reminded me how music is so powerful and how it's like always just been there for me when I didn't, like I was really badly bullied at school and like I was always quite, I always kind of felt alone, but with music, it was just always there for me. So that was one. 
and it sort of changed the way I thought about music because it didn't have a it didn't have a structure like regular songs did if that makes sense mm. and it kind of taught me that like just to follow emotion is sometimes more powerful than anything else and you can't really hear a lot of the lyrics he says um it's just an emotion that like certain vowel sounds emote and that kind of stuff so that was like a really big I was like ah that's incredible and then the second song I think is a bit random I guess but um I'm half Persian and there's an artist called Shahram Nazari and there's a song that's called um, Manchadanam, which is basically taken from like Persian poetry, um, which is something like, I'm a massive geek basically, if this hasn't come across already. But yeah, like, and so that's like one of, I, I basically love like literature and like poetry and that always forms parts of my lyrics. So like I often take inspiration from like, Persian poets and also being half Persian it was like they use quarter tones and all these like Persian scales that take you to another place and I was just I remember just being in the car when I was like really young listening to it being like whoa this is amazing it's like a different world and I kind of almost accidentally put that into some of my music now like my top lines and stuff like I try to I'm, I am proud of my heritage but it's kind of sometimes hard to feel connected to it because I've lived here like my whole life um, and it's kind of difficult to yeah to go back sometimes, but yeah. So that was that was defining because it kind of made me realise that my heritage and where I've come from is super important in the music I make. Those two. That's really interesting. Um, Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no. Karen, you're up. Um, well, I've been trying to think about it since you, since you brought it up there. Um, <laughs> I know it's like super fast. Sorry. Oh. Sorry for the pressure. I, I could, I should have given you more warning. Look at that one. Um, so number one thing, and again, like what Cam said is like reference it in every session and stuff like that is, um, the so- song, which I, I wish I had written and that is Ain't Nobody by Shaka Khan because I, it's an undeniable get up on the dance floor groove. Like the groove to it is just so slick and it's just perfect in every way. And it's basically what I say to everyone. I'm like, right, can we just basically do that song of now? And then I'm, I'll be happy. That's me done, sorted. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Right, that's how it. Um, I'm a massive Shaka Khan fan and, 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 and like a massive soul and funk fan as well. So like that kind of, I mean, yeah, that, that is like yeah, just, a, just a big, big tune. And then number two, I mean, I guess I thought of Craig David walking away. Oh my God, what a, t- what a song. Yeah, what, yeah, sorry. I just have to interject. <laughs> <laughs> when I was just thinking I was like think, things that like obviously I remember from being a kid and that was one that album uh, what was it called again seven no the album fill me in no oh no Born to Do It yeah Born to Do It yeah album I remember just like playing it non-stop when we got it like I think my mum bought it from Woolworths and like I just used to just play it constantly I knew all the words to the songs I remember pulling sleeve out of the front you know like the tiny little writing in and um and yeah and, and walking away was one of those ones that I remember the intro came in and it's like oh, and then he's just like yeah okay I'm in I'm in and just yeah that whole album was like 
obviously, a, you know, a classic, and it still is now, to be honest, because it has so many really big tunes, and it was mm. his debut album. And yeah, I would say that like that his music, um, that album especially, ins- has inspired me for songs that I write today. I feel like I learned how to riff from Born to Do It, mm. like genuinely. I was always and Christina Aguilera as well. Yeah, yeah. Usher and Usher. Yes, Usher. Yeah, yeah. and Destiny's so, Child. Okay, like, so, all of these. <laughs> so this is a fun game. What was on your iPod fifteen years ago? So or... embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not going first this time. Someone else can go first. <laughs> what was your Aaron, most listened to track of 2005? I, I don't even know what I was doing in 2005. I was like, I know. Okay, I was, yeah, literally. I was like two years, three years in school. I was probably listening to, um, oh, it might have been like Eric Pritz, Call On Me, or like, um, what was the other one? Uh, damn it, I can't think of what it is. But it was like one of those like dance tunes, or oh, Let Me Think About It by What's His Face. I don't know. Oh, Ida Core. That's it, yeah. yeah. So it was that kind of like time in my life when that was the sort of stuff that I'd probably illegally downloaded and was listening to on my iPod. LimeWire. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> like got me through my GCSEs. <laughs> Literally. I was like super into R&B. Like I just had, I can't even remember what came out in 2005. It was like that whole like, Des- was it Destiny's Child? Oh my God, do you guys remember B2K? Yes. Yeah. Bumps, bumps. Tunes upon tunes, basically. Like, I just... <laughs> anything that had, like, an R&B tag, I was like, download, download. It was, like, JoJo around that time as well. Is that when her, yeah, I feel like she was. Her, her first album came out. Early 2000s. 2004. Ah! Spot on, spot on. I definitely had that album. Not June the 22nd. I love that album. I actually accidentally picked up in Paris. Like, I don't know, we, we were just like randomly there. And like, I don't know, I just love, there's this massive HMV. I don't know if it still exists, but on like the main road in, in Paris. And like, I went in and I was like, whoa, there's, it was like the biggest record shop I'd ever seen in my life. And I just went around and I just randomly picked it because I thought like the cover looked cool. Hmm. And I bought it and I had this like really like old style CD, like, Walkman player thing and I played it and I was like oh my god it's amazing yeah <laughs> so vintage so good times vintage. good times so vintage I used to have one that was like jog proof but it wasn't in any way jog proof like you, you moved it and it would just like horribly skip and scratch ah oh, right <laughs> the lies they sold you Ben I know gutted <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Camden, you're up. 2000. And, um, I just we we did JoJo, right? No, like, well, no, I definitely had the JoJo album oh, because I, I tried to learn to sing through people like her and like <laughs> Christine Aguilera and stuff like that. Even though that's not how I sing at all, but you know, it was nice and challenging at the time. Um, I feel like around that time was I was like getting into my drum and bass like a lot and I think I feel like I was listening to the Pendulum album um Hold Your is it Hold Your Colour I don't know if that was the album name but that album basically I I have a feeling it was around that time um so yeah and then 
I had a bit of a mix. I feel like I had some Eminem, some Pendulum, some JoJo. Do you guys <laughs> remember so Evanescence? Us. Yes, of course. Need to life. Love that. I oh. definitely had that in there as well. <laughs> but I, that's uh, a tune, that is. That's a, a tune. tune. <laughs> One of my best friends was like a real fan of her. So she, I remember having to go to a concert with her. Like I literally just went because she was like, I need someone to come with me. And I was like, okay. And we went and I was like, actually, she is sick. Like, Amazing voice, like haunting vocals oh, and stuff. Do that. My immortal was feel, amazing. I feel like her yeah. voice on some tracks these days would sound really nice. Yeah, it would actually. Yeah, like, sure. imagine her doing a song with Camel Fat. Like, yeah, literally that straight in the top ten. Yeah, <laughs> bang up there. I feel like we need to A and R this project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this isn't like a... I feel like this might be towards the more controversial end of the content that I want to discuss in this episode. I don't think it's massively controversial, but it has been a little bit around uh, recently about the uh, feature artist, whether or not uh, you should always be featured. (laughs) I literally... Lol. <laughs> so, Good question. So I question, Ben. Thought I may as well get it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the stance on this? Is there some type like how do you feel about it? I mean, whether or not you should be featured or or what what do you mean exactly? Like whether you want to be or whether they want they want you to be. If you had it your way on every record that your vocal is on, would you be featured? Uh, no, definitely not. So it's weird because some people absolutely refuse to have your name on their song anyway. They're like, oh no, it's a solo record. We want your voice on it, but we don't want your name on it. And then the other 50% of people are literally like, we're not putting it out unless you have your name on it. And when you're an art, if you're, just focusing on features it's fine just to take what what comes but when you're an artist as well and you have your own solo records it's really important to make sure the ones that you feature on are in line with your own solo records they have to make sense for your project so like sometimes I'll write much poppier things for other people and they'll want me to feature on it and I'll be like you're, it's okay to have my voice on it maybe but I can't have my name on it because one I might have another feature coming around the same time who with somebody that makes more sense or the songs more more similar to me more true to me um or it just won't work with my project so there's been so many times where I've had to say look I'm really sorry but I can't keep my name on it and and then it will jeopardize the release altogether because a lot of people want to make songs collaborations, which is absolutely fine because it gives the song like another chance of doing well because you have two audiences and not just one. Um, so it can be really tricky because nobody wants to jeopardize the release. Like we want as many cuts as we can get, but it, there's a pressure to have your name on, on all of them. And then you very quickly become a featured artist you're only known for your features and you're not known for your own solo material which is fine for some people because that's what they want to do but for me personally like my solo material is just as important so it's it's yeah it's a funny world because there's been somewhere I've really wanted to have my name on it and the producer's been like oh we're not looking to do collabs so I'm sorry but we can't have your name on it so sometimes it's like you know we you know, we have to let other people down a lot, but 
other people can let us down a lot as well. So it's literally just, it's annoying. It's, and it's, you can't really do it differently, to be honest. It's just the way that it is. It's, it's quite tricky. Mm. <laughs> is that the consensus that it, it's just like, it's just part of it. And sometimes you get the outcome that you yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like for me, there's a few different things. Like, I definitely 100% agree with everything that Camden just said. Like, I think it should sort of be taken song by song. And as every yeah. song, like, I feel like obviously there are different ways that a song can be creative. One where, like, you know, both sides, if you, if you half it on, like, track as 50, top line as 50, often it happens where, like, both are created by the artists, if that makes sense, or by the people. So like, if I'm singing it, I've written the top line, and if they're the DJ, they've produced the track. Um, and I feel like as it's a 50-50 collaboration, I feel like there should be 50-50 conversation in how that should sort of be put out, if that makes sense. I feel like sometimes, um, obviously there's like so many different opinions and points of views that happen, but I, I personally have sort of met a number of situations where like I'm, I, uh, most of my features I've written completely on my own as a top line. I vocal produce everything. I create hooks from my top lines. I create like vocal hooks and that kind of stuff. And I feel like for me, because I'm also an artist and that's super important to me, to be just labelled as, I say just, but to be labelled as the feature, be called the feature. Um, I know what, you know, everyone involved knows what we've done. But often I think in the dance world, it can sort of be deemed that the feature is just sort of like tacked on or hasn't created the record. Yeah. So that when you see like the comments underneath, they're like, oh my God, this DJ, you make the records incredibly every time. Like you're just incredible. And it's like, well, the lyrics, the melody, the way it's been recorded, like the actual recording of it, like half, you know, part of the master is I've done. And I also have created hooks from top line, you know, the top line and the vocal production that I've done. And I feel like sometimes I feel there's this um, kind of, I don't know how to put it. There's this way that they're like, well, you're just the feature, you know, you're the singer. And sometimes I don't feel like that's fair in a way. And I feel like there should be that kind of conversation that's kind of more, or just like be a little bit more honest about how stuff happens. Like there was a feature yeah. that I had that um, I found out that it was it was released through Twitter. This was a few years ago. <laughs> this will never happen now. I feel like, what? But um, I literally found out that it happened through Twitter and, like, um, it was uh, through, what's it called? My brain is dead. What's the American billboard? A billboard had done a feature on it. Number one, they spelt my name wrong. And number two, they were like, oh, um, they interviewed the DJ. And they said, so what was your inspiration behind the track? And he, like, went off on, like, the lyrics behind the track and, like, the idea he'd come up with, oh, with like, this. I and I was that. like, you didn't... I literally sent you... I literally stemmed out everything for you. Wet as well, which if you, like, oh. for people who don't know, it means, like, yeah, all, my processing, all my processing is on it. And often that is literally what happens. Yeah. Um, literally all my processing, I just, like, sent it to him. Um, and then that's what happens. And I was like, cool, <laughs> awesome, great. So, yeah, I think... That, that is for me one point that I, and now I kind of make a point where like I feel like it's truly a collaboration, so it should be an and. And I feel yeah. like that in certain situations it's fair. Obviously, if you've not written it and it, you know, or you feel like you don't want it to be so closely attached to your artist's career, 
like your artist side, cool features, completely fine. But I feel like that's a conversation that should be more open. That's yeah. my view. <laughs> I, I think that it's um, basically what you're saying is like, wish that as a writer, as a singer, you should be credited within like, not just as a feature, but in all of the other stuff as well. And it mm. should be, you should be standing in exactly the same sort of like, height as anyone else is on the record and you shouldn't be seen as some as an afterthought I guess that is kind mm. of sometimes how it can how it can feel but yes like in my experiences now I definitely have more choice over like if I'm going to be a feature if I'm going to be if yeah etc but I've had I had that in the past definitely where I feel like I've just been like an afterthought and um I feel like it's a lot with like DJ producers like to kind of take for granted the fact that you've done a lot of work on this record and you love it just as much as them. And then, yeah, to not be credited like for that is a bit frustrating sometimes. Also, the really annoying thing, like a lot of dance tunes can come from sending the vocals first. Like yeah. so a lot of my dance cuts have come from me sending out some acapellas to different DJs and they'll create the song around my vocals. So I've obviously been very much a part of the making of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like their name will get called out on the radio, even if I am a feature and my name won't. So mm-hmm. they'll just, they'll say that the, the, um, the production, like, producer dj's name and then even even when i've not just been a feature i've been an and or a versus or something like that um they still can sometimes miss out my name on like really big radio shows like radio one and stuff and it's it's so frustrating because it's just as much your song it's literally 50 50 it's just yeah. that, it's just that somebody's name has to go first and for some reason it's usually the producer's name that goes first so we've talked about a, a few of the different ways that songs come together. For some of the guys that are listening to this, they won't have a whole lot of experience in how tracks are made. So as um, I guess, and this will, this will vary from whether it's your own work or whether you're working with other people, but do you guys have a preference when you're making a track? Is it, I want to write the song and then, so let's assume it's a 50-50 collab, not a feature. Uh, is there a, like, do you guys have a personal preference on how you approach a track? Is it, I want to write a vocal to nothing and then I want to have that track turned or like, what's, what's the best way to, for you guys to work? I think I I think we all have different ways of approaching it, but I have to say, like in the however long this is, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be writing in sessions. Is that um, every single time is a completely different experience. Like every release is entirely different. So with one, for example, you know I wrote it uh, with Stay that I did with Lee Youth. I wrote it with Two Girls in Sweden. Um, that was an acoustic track. I was like, it was a really emotional session. It was great. But then Lee Youth got a hold of the stems and made it into like a nice vibey poppy track which was awesome but then there's something like you know uh me and cam did just kidding stay the night and that was like we're just we're just messing about in this room and we did the vocal and just sent it off and then they loved it and that's kind of you know it, it just all comes differently i mean we all spend time in the studio as well together where someone maybe might come in with an idea sometimes people um are completely from scratch and sometimes we're not it just depends on like the day i guess you know you wake up in the morning and you feel like doing something a little bit different so um yeah it just depends on the energy in the room when you get there usually yeah it keeps it exciting i think as well not having the same formula every time like mm. 
like Karen said, sometimes we'll start just writing a song on piano and you'll send the song and the chords off to a few DJs or whatever. Um, or you'll send it to your publisher and your publisher will ship it around to people and then it will turn into a completely different sound, like something you would never have expected. But I think as three definitely vibe off dance music anyway so we can top line a dance beat quite easily if we get sent like just an instrumental um so again that that can sometimes be the way we do it as well we just we get the beat and we just sing over it and come up with something yeah I feel like as you guys said like because we have a choice I feel like it makes each of the other choices easier if that makes sense like sometimes I'll just spend a few days like just literally writing and producing a just a track without any but obviously you kind of there's certain tempos that you know will kind of work mm. um and then as Cameron said like I, I I often with like a lot of the songs that I produce and write like I do a piano version because I know that then I can just send those off to my friends or like send them to my my, my publisher and then they can as Cameron said like kind of pitch them out to other DJs and then other times like we get tracks through and if there's like a track that there's something in it that we're like, oh, then I guess that's often potentially faster because it's like half of it is like there and you just sort of like put the top, you know, you write your top line over it. And that's kind of fun as well. So, yeah, the fact we've got different ways of doing it is quite cool, I think. Yeah, definitely. And then like with um, uh, One Night, which I did with MK and Sonny, that one actually was me and Sonny. Like I got a track sent through from um, like Sonny's management and it was like quite different I did the top line on that like in my studio and then sent like the stems over to Sunny and then MK came on afterwards and like they kind of worked on it together so sometimes like even if you have a track with a certain producer in DJ that you kind of collaborate on then other people could come in afterwards as well that's another way stuff can happen mm. Mm. that happens so, yeah. quite a lot actually yeah yeah it does yeah yeah <laughs> which is cool it's like fresh blood like in yes and like oh <laughs> someone will have a different take on it and it will just yeah. yeah like you say bring it back to life or whatever yeah yeah okay this is a yes or no question because we're not going to name any names but have you ever provided a vocal for a track and then you've hated the version that has come back yes and it's been released yes yes <laughs> <laughs> oh god absolutely yes <laughs> okay Wait, uh, moving want, on. Aaron what's your answer I need to know this now I'm like if I ever actually hated something that's came out I don't think I've hated it I mean I might not have been like it's not the one for me but like I might have not, I don't think I've ever hated something that's came out I well guess. yeah I get yeah I guess not like feeling uh, yeah like, I guess being, like, like yeah. Hate's a strong word, but... <laughs> Strongly disliked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it would just be absolutely not how you would have done it, and you you kind of wish that you could have had a bit more control over I've it. I've had songwriting cuts that have, that's happened. I'm like, really? Yeah, same. Really? Yeah. Like, oh! Sure? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will take the PRS and cry myself to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is where I show myself up as not having a, uh, any idea how you guys do your jobs. Like normally I do this podcast mostly with DJs and stuff and I can kind of just uh, understand where they're coming from a bit. But with you guys, it's how, how do you even start a track? Do you write a word and just say, oh, I'm going to start from it? Like I have no idea how you create writing. Obviously I'm talking about when you were starting a, a solo track or a, a top line or whatever, but where do you even start? 
you know what? You just start with gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've worked, I've worked with you, Raffaella, once, haven't I? But me yeah. and Karen, we work together quite often and we literally take it in turns. Like, we get on the mic and we just literally <laughs> let loose and you will never know. We're not saying anything. We're talking some alien language and we're just, like, coming up with melodies and then once we have something we're happy with melody wise, we then shape words into it. That's, that's how I start most all the time, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe sometimes I start with like a, with a title. Mm. Like I'm, I, I, sometimes I sit down and I just kind of think of words, even if it's just a word, like one I did with Gorgon City, I had the title kingdom. I just knew I loved that word. I didn't really know why. <laughs> I just knew I loved the sound of it. And, um, I sort of was like, I've got this title, Kingdom. Like, maybe it's like the kingdom of our love. Like, that's where our love lives. And like, with the, with the feel, sometimes you get a feel of like, even if it's a certain key, inversions of chords, it can like make you feel something. And even if it's a feeling that can like create a word, if that makes sense. And then like, as Camden said, like, you just, you just sing crap, basically. And like, certain vowel sounds will naturally fall on certain yeah. melodies. And then that's the kind of like, that's the type for me, that's like the magic, just like click, if that makes sense. There's like a melody and maybe there's like one vowel sound that just sounds amazing on that melody and you can't explain why. And if you add lyrics to it against that vowel sound, it just, it's just not as good. Yeah. So that's like, sometimes I don't know about you guys, but like it will take 10 minutes to come up with a melody and then you'll be sitting there for like an hour getting the right lyric to fit with that melody that feels right as well as like being super clever <laughs> no pressure <laughs> like, yeah try not um, to bait yeah it's like i love you baby <laughs> it's like probably not ideal i find that like um sometimes it's kind of nice when you just like sit and do nothing and something just comes in your head like that like it's kind of rare yeah kind of nice at the same time when um you know you feel stupid as hell when you're like recording something that's diabolical in your phone then the next day you like get in the studio and you're like hey guys so I had this idea last night and then like you then suddenly like your palms get all sweaty because you're like <laughs> oh shit what is this gonna sound like and it's just you like <laughs> down the microphone <laughs> Like that's kind of what happens sometimes, but actually yeah. some good stuff comes from that because it's a completely um, non, uh, what you call it? It's not like, uh, it's like natural. You're not overthinking it. Yeah, it's completely natural. And it's something that is just like a little like spring in your brain. Do you yeah. guys do this as well? Like, I like to just put myself on record and just like, I just do yeah. ad lib tracks. Oh, that's and I just, I just like, that's basically how I, it's kind of yeah. lazy, I guess. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but it's <laughs> far from everyone listening. <laughs> it's funny because in a way it's lazy, but at the same time it's... It's natural, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's your initial yeah. instinct. The way you feel with the music will just come out and then you won't get that magic again if you work, if you try too hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think most of, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, one, one example that happened to me though about that, right, is obviously we are ad-libbing essentially because you're making it up as you go along when you're writing a song. So I was in the studio with someone and I was like ad-libbing this hook idea. So we wrote the chorus and everything, blah, blah, blah. And then when it came to the splits, oh, no, 
I like so I'd written like the chorus line and the the hook melody. When it came to the splits, they were like, "So yeah, you can have ten percent." Bearing in mind there was two of us, right? Um, you can have ten percent, and I was like, "Hang on, why?" Oh, it was just because you just ad libbed, didn't you? <laughs> what? <laughs> I wrote. I wrote it like together. What? <gasps> An example where I had to get the lyric on my phone, send the voice notes and everything to prove that like would came up with that together and that like it was a completely joint thing and like I was singing it all and then I had to like prove it. So I'm just making a joke out of it because like, you know, we are just, we just all ad lib. We don't actually like know what we're doing. We just make it up as we go along. And then that's basically writing like yeah literally yeah, that's how you that is how you write yeah. how, it's like that is I how like... you become a successful <laughs> dance singer you just make up as you go along yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do feel like writing is like when you really freestyle something like when you're starting up like this the original yeah. it feels like you just basically free fall off a building and you just like you fall but the thing is is that the more you do it, the more your natural instinct is behind all of that freestyle. Mm, yeah. and like behind all of that kind of initial idea and without all of the experience, you know, you wouldn't have that like basis of knowledge of like generally where to go, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Thanks, Ben. It's not all fun and games. <laughs> <laughs> we are professional women. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to just change the topic a, a little bit for a second. I want to talk about um, live and live performance as a, as a as a part of of dance music. But you know, obviously, I don't want to say the c word, the COVID word, too much. But at the moment, obviously, live is is an element of music that's just not really happening. It seems to be slowly restarting. But how important to you guys is the live performance element of the music that you make? I mean, to me, it's like my number one baby. So yeah, I love performing. Obviously, of course, it's amazing for income, but um, I, yeah, I still dream of being able to like have my own tours and things like that, even though I'm um, mostly a, a dance music artist. I hope that one day I can like have a tour and two of that in a few different venues and things like that. And it'd be a Karen Harden headline because, um, yeah, I get booked for a lot of gigs, but I would ideally like to be on those headlines alongside other DJs and alongside other bands as well. Cause that's where we kind of belong. We are performing live. And I think sometimes as, as a vocalist on a dance track, you're just like the, the one who just turns up and jumps on DJ set, which is also sick by the way, but it's also like a dreaming. Like I dream that I want to have like headline slots or like be just like, just on a DJ stage. Like I want to be in the big tent as well. I've got ravey music and I want to play it to you as well. So like, why can't I do that too? You know, that's like sometimes how I feel. Oh God, that was just got really like, Oh my God, why can't I do that too? (laughs) (laughs) I, I just love performing live and like to any gig to me is like, like I just give my heart and soul to it and I think it's really important as an artist to um to to like be confident in what you're doing and what you're saying when you're up there so just practice as much as you can um for for live gigs I guess so which came first for you then was it writing music or performing other people's music live when you were starting out 
yeah, performing music. Um, it was like restaurants and bars. And then I used to do like club PAs and nightclubs where I used to get up and sing old school house music over new school house music kind of thing. And um, just sort of, yeah, like gigging. I mean, I guess I was kind of encouraged to do it from a really young age and I did like I was in a function band and everything like that. So I kind of was able to get my head around it quite early on, which I feel super grateful for because it's helped us for now when I just turn up and I, and I feel comfortable enough in what I'm doing. Well, for me, um, I agree with everything Karen said, like live is so important and it's part it's like the, the reason we do it really is because it's like the reward of all the hard work that you've put in in the studio and hearing your song on the radio and stuff. It's like such an incredible feeling. And then to top that feeling is, is going out and doing that same thing, but live and people singing along with you and seeing them singing along. Um, you just can't beat the feeling. It's like you just get completely lost in it. And uh, for me, like I always performed and then, um but like like you say other people's songs or whatever covers and just just singing in general um and then so when when it when you transition into into performing your own songs it's 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 just an incredible feeling and it's like it's like a real high um but yeah obviously I haven't been able to do it for a while <laughs> It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it? It's like I feel I'm I'm I think I'm kind of weird in the sense that like if I'm one thousand percent honest, like because I I'm I kind of I'm a producer as well as like a writer and an artist. I produce and I write for like other artists as well, and I'm doing like vocal production for for like certain. Um, like projects and stuff and like there's one side of me that's like if I'm honest that's like a total like studio hermit if that makes sense like and I'm just like I'm just gonna sit behind my keyboard and my my synths like I'm just like I'm cool but then the other side is like there's this incredible reward even though it might be like completely terrifying of like bringing that song to life it's like for me like it's such a weird analogy considering I've never been pregnant but I kind of feel like songs are like your babies in the womb and then when you perform them that it's like they've been born I'm so weird <laughs> it's coming out <laughs> but like it is that's kind of how I feel like there's it's like every song when you perform it for the first time it's like it's just it comes to life in a totally different way. Like even when I sound check, like sound check is actually one of my favorite things in the world. Mm. There's like just this magic behind it. And like <laughs> when I do my own stuff, like, oh, there's just like, I mean, it's blood, sweat and tears. Don't get me wrong. Like just trying to get just even cause I MD like the stuff that I do too. So it's like trying to figure out what stems are possible to be performed live. What do I need to like, you know, just put, put in kind of like, the, the drum pads and all this kind of stuff but then like when when I hear that kick drum on a stage and like the vibrations literally go through me I'm just like oh I'm alive it's like I'm shitting myself but I'm still I'm alive do you know what I mean <laughs> and I, I kind of miss that I miss that a lot and as Cameron said like there's just nothing like it when you see people like sing back the lyrics to your song there was like one I think the first time I ever experienced that was like I was in Belgium just super random like but and I this the set started with the song that I'd written and I just heard I couldn't see the crowd but I heard them and they were singing 
the hook. And I was like, this is what life is about, man. <laughs> it was, it is amazing. So, yeah. And is, is stage fright a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. You just learn to manage it, I think. Don't yeah. You? yeah. I used to be an absolute mess. I used to be so stiff on stage. I'd be like, because my nerves would just get the better of me. And I'd like, I just would struggle to kind of move with the music. I'd sing and then like be a bit dead. Um, and then suddenly I just snapped out of it. I think it's when I became so confident in my sound and I was like, I'd really nailed sound. I was like, I need to get this. I need to sell it because I, I believe in it. Once you believe in it, you're so confident enough to like make your crowd believe in it too. And then all of a sudden you can just suddenly perform. And like now I'm definitely more of a performer than even a singer, I would say. <laughs> like the performance comes first for me, even though... Obviously, the singing is part of the performance. I feel like sometimes when when I hear myself back and I, I've clearly got carried away jumping around on the stage and my voice is like, uh, 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 and I'm like, wow, Camden, you need to control yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. I think you well, just learn to manage it, don't you? I think we'd be, I think it was like, who was it, Bruce? course I he I remember him saying like, they asked him, do you get nervous when you go on stage? And he was like, the day I don't get nervous is the ne- is the day I know that I should no longer be doing this because it kind of means you yeah. don't care or like there's you just lost that like magic. Yeah, lost it's, the it's, al- it's always there, but I think that's the thing that sort of like makes you just do stuff that you never. It's the adrenaline that like just then makes you yeah. do stuff that you never would otherwise, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think let's let's kind of wrap it up there, ladies. Thank you very much for your time. I have one final question for you all. And Karen, we kind of touched on this with you a little bit, but what what is what's the how would you quantify like what's the dream? What's the end goal? What would be the box ticked where you'd be like, right, I'm, I'm done now, if if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> so many. There's so many. Like honestly, I could. I could literally list a million things that I want to achieve in my life. But, um, you know, when I was a kid, it would be a big house and like lots of lovely shoes and bags and all these sorts of stuff. But comes down to it. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it kind of, I think it's being able to, I don't know, like, freaking hell, there's so many things you could say. Like, what do you think? Um, I would say mine would be like, I mean, it's probably similar to you guys as well, but to have a number one album, but then like after obviously doing singles for a while, then having being so established that you do an album and then it gets that album is such an iconic album. Then my kind of like thumbs up to myself would be like 20, 30 years later people are referencing my album because it's timeless Hmm. so that for me is like the ultimate dream ah yeah that's a good dream thanks guys I feel like (laughs) I I feel like I almost prepped that answer but I didn't (laughs) (laughs) I'm really proud of my answer um sorry sorry no no what were you saying no when you were saying that I was thinking like actually a massive dream of mine would be able to like pay my mom and dad's mortgage off yeah like i know that's like so nothing to do with music at all but to be able to like but it's about the, the commercial success of that music right yeah to then have a good life with, with 
like you know we want number ones and everything like that but to be able to like have excess money to be able to do that would be amazing yeah i agree that would be oh my god that's made my answer sound so selfish like <laughs> yeah you just dropped the i will drop the charity case ball. Oh, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be the nice guy Karen. Be... <laughs> yeah. Karen, you're just way too nice like, obviously we all want to pay pay our parents mortgages off like, that's my answer change my answer yeah camden just wants the fame all right. yeah. I, I think <laughs> yeah, I, I think like for me like I just want I would love I feel like we've got and this is no shade on the dudes at all because they're incredible but I feel like we've got disclaimer I feel like we have like a Pharrell who is a he's a male artist who is like artist he's a producer he's a writer he's a singer and I feel like I would love to be like someone who girls can sort of like see and like think oh that's possible like if I I would love obviously like commercial successes sort of like integral to that being that case but I'd love to be like a female who is like respected as a producer as a writer as an artist as a singer and for young girls to be like oh my god that's possible because I feel like I never had that I don't think growing up like I just I didn't even realize what I was doing was production like I just thought like oh I'm just making a song and like no one was sort of there to tell me I didn't have like a boys club to like I think feel like guys have they're gonna get together and like I'm I have a studio in Shoreditch and like I'm the only girl in the entire studio complex and I would just sort of like love to create I feel like there just needs to be more females in like tech roles if that makes sense like for girls to kind of see as possible um so that's like my dream I just want to yeah love show that that's possible and be that level like I feel like Pharrell is just that incredible yeah Mm. to have the the status of Pharrell but as a female would be yeah pretty sick (laughs) would be pretty amazing that's the girl. All right. Well, and also to never never age like him. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that, that would be Jeez. the cherry on. Thank you all for coming on. Um, really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your insights. And um, I will catch you guys around. Hopefully for a, a, a real time conversation, not from yeah. behind the screen. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank sure. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.